is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. And we have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit barrel of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of the infiltration of communism coming to America, the undermining of the U.S. Constitution, our freedoms, our rights, our liberties. And tonight, I got a very special guest, Susan Swift from, <clears throat> excuse me, oh my goodness, I caught that one. From uh, rightoflifeleague.com, Susan is an attorney with the Right of Life League, which is the oldest pro-life organization in America. She can give you her viewers and legal perspective of what is upcoming ruling from the Supreme Court's amount. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got your bio here, but you know, you're an attorney, and I, I just completely messed that up. But Susan, you're the vice president of the legal affairs at the Right to Life League. Prior to that, you enjoyed a career in television and films. You served as a litigation attorney. Tell us about the Right to Life. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about what brings you here today. 
Sure. Um, well, as you okay. said, yes, I am VP of Legal Affairs at the Right to Life League. Um, we are actually America's oldest or first uh, pro-life organization. We were founded in 1967, long before Roe versus Wade was ever even a thing. Mm -hmm. It was uh, basically some doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens got together and they traveled up to Sacramento in 1967 to lobby then Governor Ronald Reagan against signing the Bielinson bill, which was the first therapeutic abortion bill in the state. And after he heard from the league, he was better informed about what abortion really was. Way back in 67, we didn't have ultrasounds. We didn't have a whole lot of the science that actually proves that yes, it is a human being and yes, it's alive. And so once he was informed by these doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens, he realized that um, he really, he was very distressed that he had already promised the Democrats that he was going to sign this abortion bill, but he gave the league his word that he would never again sign a pro-abortion piece of legislation, and he kept his word. You so know, that's that was the start of what we do, and that our education of what an abortion truly is has continued to this day. That's one of the one of our mission parameters, if you will, of just educating and informing about abortion because the the, the pro-abort side of this issue will scream all day long vehemently and in ugly rhetoric that abortion is health care. And that is not true. And I can go through that with you one step at a time if you'd like. Correct. Well, and I would love for you to. Um, and then I want you to get into the Supreme Court ruling because... Um, I think conservatives get a really good understanding of what Judge uh, Justice Alito was really talking about, but I don't think liberals really did. And I don't think they true. I mean, when they're going out there and saying, you know, my body, my choice and a woman's rights, I don't think they understand what that ruling was all about and how it even um, affected them in a certain context. So if you could explain to us why abortion is not health care, that'd be great. Sure, I will explain to you why abortion is not health care, and I will use small words that even liberal pro-aborts will be able to understand, okay? And then we'll go through step-by-step step the Dobbs decision, and again, the reason that the ideologues uh, in the pro-abort camp don't understand it is because they haven't read it or they don't want to, because it's very clearly laid out. Okay, so back to abortion. Abortion is not health care. Here's how I know this, because the entire purpose of an abortion, the procedure, it, the, the sole purpose is to kill an unborn human being in the womb. That's it. Go in there, either exsanguinate it, which is you snip the uh, umbilical cord and you let all of the blood drain out so that the baby dies. Uh, you inject saline in there and it burns the baby alive. Uh, with a chemical abortion, you give um, the woman a uh, two different pills. One uh, is Mifeprex or the RU486 in the beginning, and that starves the baby. And then later you give her a second pill that causes her to have premature labor and ex expel the dead or dying baby. So those are all of those. The, the whole purpose is to kill the unborn baby. That's it. Now, let's distinguish what abortion is from, say, a miscarriage mm -hmm. or a stillbirth, because there are a lot of um, celebrities out there that are talking about uh, how abortion saved their life. And unfortunately, they are either misinformed or they are misrepresenting what's really happened to them. So with a miscarriage, that is um, usually, I think it's before 20 weeks, the, the baby that's developing for whatever reason dies nat naturally. It's, it, it either never formed properly uh, for some reason there, it didn't implant properly, but whatever reason it was, the baby dies and naturally passes 
Okay, and that and it's very usually very early on. Okay, after 20 weeks, it's called a stillbirth because then we're we're usually talking somewhere around um, a kind of a viability stage. But a stillbirth is when the baby dies inside again through through no action of the mother or you know of a doctor killing the baby, but just it dies, and then you have to deliver the dead. It's already dead though. The baby is dead and there's a delivery process. And so that is a stillbirth. Sometimes the the mother will go into labor herself and deliver a baby. Uh, I mean, I've known a woman eight and a half months pregnant and she delivered her baby and it was dead. I mean, that, that is devastating. That that is a true pregnancy loss. The miscarriage is also a true pregnancy loss. It is through no fault of the mother at all. And these celebrities that have been talking about their stillbirth or their miscarriage are mischaracterizing that as an abortion Hmm. now here might be the little wrinkle uh where the usually ideologues have a nugget of truth that they exploit okay so where's that little nugget of truth all right in the case of a miscarriage or an abortion i'm sorry a miscarriage or a stillbirth what has to happen sometimes to save the mother's life is that you have to have a dne dilation and extraction I personally have had to have one of those because I had a miscarriage at around eight or 10 weeks, baby died. And I was hemorrhaging because there was a little piece of the placenta that didn't come loose like it's supposed to. And you just start bleeding out. And so in that case, you have to have an emergency uh, procedure. That is not an abortion. Hello. It's not an abortion. It's a medical procedure to extract that, like in this case, the placenta or in other cases, perhaps in a stillbirth, you have to remove the the dead baby. Right. That is that is a humane thing to save the life of the mother. So that is the fundamental difference between an abortion and, say, a miscarriage or a stillbirth, where you're now after the baby has died, you sometimes have to go in and deliver the woman so that her life is preserved. And, and complete the the natural process that, that that had begun somewhere and did not complete naturally. So that is where it's life saving, but it's not an abortion. Do you see the difference? I, I do, and and it's interesting in context because you got my little hamster wheel running up here, and okay. when we look at it in the medical terminology form, right, mm-hmm. is if a woman wants to carry that baby the full term, and mm-hmm. she gets she's four weeks pregnant. And she has a miscarriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. They consider it a baby. <laughs> the mother does, right? Well, well the course. mother and well, the, the mother and the yes. doctors as well. I mean, right. the medical community considers it, it is a baby. A baby right. Th- it, that's right. It is a baby. It's a little it, human baby. It, this this it is, is the baby. this is the logic, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. if you go, let's say you go to your second trimester and now it's a still stillbirth, right? It is still considered a human it's being a baby. a baby. That's right. right. But if now if we're talking where the mother doesn't want the child oh all that goes away it's no 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 we're not longer talking about it's a baby it's just a group of cells it's a different story right you know what guess what you're a clump of cells i'm a clump of cells everybody watching is a clump of cells we're just walking around so you tell me the difference between in in utero or out of utero It, it the only difference is location and you're exactly right it's all about the emotional desire of the woman at the time as to whether or not it's a baby. And that is not a legal standard at all. Never has been, never will be, and really shouldn't be. But you see, that is what the the pro-abort ideologues play on. And they grip your heartstrings and they they give you these um, theoretical, well, sometimes theoretical, but very, very rare uh, hypotheticals. Like, what about the 10-year-old who was raped by her uncle? Right. 
and by the way, that's that's floating around out there, and I don't think that they have actual document proof because the one abortionist, female abortionist that has apparently written about that or said something about it, of course there's HIPAA and there's all these laws that protect, you know, privacy. So nobody can verify it. And if it's a 10 year old that was raped by uncle, I don't even care who it was. How come we don't have some sort of uh, law enforcement going after that guy? Just saying, yeah. but anyway, getting, getting back to the issue, it, they, the, the, the pro-abort ideologues always go to that horrific, horrific, standard of well what happens if it's you know a, a, she's 10 and she's been raped and, and, and how can you how can you force her to give birth to this child and i would just like to say well so you're gonna put trauma which it, let, let's let's assume it's trauma it, and let's assume it's all true and it's happening okay there probably are a few cases out there but you're talking about something to justify the murder of a third person who wasn't there at the time of the crime. Right. Uncle was in the room. The girl was in the room. The baby didn't even exist. Didn't come into existence for a couple of days or hours afterwards. Did not exist. But you're going to go in there and you're going to kill that third body. How come we're not arresting uncle? Or, you know, death, death penalty for uncle. It, it's akin to saying, okay, let's say you now have a house and the burglar breaks into your house, right? And ransacks, takes all your stuff, right? And you come home and you call the police and the police go next door and they arrest your neighbor who just came back from vacation, who wasn't even there when your house was broken into. And they haul off your neighbor and, you know, it's a death penalty state and they electrify him. It's like, well, oh, why are we doing that? That's the same analogy. That's what we're going to do in the cases of rape. We're going to we're going to to say the, the the trauma is so bad that somehow it justifies the murder of a third person who didn't even exist at the time. That now, doesn't make any sense. I, I'm assuming because I don't know. I know a little bit about the statistical analysis of abortions, uh, the the development of race and population, how this has factors in. But I believe that the majority of the abortions that have happened over the last 50 years have been primarily younger mothers, mothers who looked at it in a grim situation in the sense, I'm a teenager, um, I'm yep. not financially capable to have this baby. Um, and, it, and it looks like a lot of them came from impoverished neighborhoods. So yes. I, I, know, I know about 20 people, 20 women, who had children before the age of 15. Yep. Every single one of them today are incredibly successful and their children are incredibly successful. And they were in in how that neighbor. works out, huh? I know, because right? sacrifice and, and determination and That's perseverance right. work because life is hope and chance. You ask, the, ask every one of those babies, did you want to be born? Right. Right? I mean, th th this is what, this is what the, the left... Well, not the left, the pro-aborts really use this fear porn to go after women. They are selling women on their business model and their business model is death dealing. That's all it is. Now it's most of it is chemical abortions. Now that's the latest thing. 2020 Gutmacher study found that 54% of all abortions are done using the chemical uh, pills, right? Are you 486 and then misopropyl? Those are the two things. That's when you take the, the pill, it starves the baby by interrupting progesterone and then Two days later, you take another pill and you expel the uh, dead or dying fetus. You can reverse that, by the way, sometimes if you get uh, progesterone injections uh, in a timely manner. So they can be, be you know, saved. These babies can be saved in some circumstances. But that this is what they're pushing now. Think of them as the, the abortion cartel is a drug cartel. 
Yeah. They're pushing the chemical abortions and surgical abortions, and they make a lot of money on it. And so the only thing they can do is tell young women, especially young, vulnerable women who who are in, in situations that are regrettable, right? They're scared already. How am I? Where am I going to live? You know, what am I going to do? Maybe my parents will be mad at me or maybe my boyfriend's going to, you know, beat me, whatever. Well, there are so many other options. And that's what the Right to Life Life League actually does in California. We support a network of pro-life clinics and pro-life centers and maternity homes all up and down the state. That's what we do. We make sure that their doors stay open, whatever they need. If they need uh, legal tips and training, uh, admin, uh, HR type, you know, behind the scenes type, you know, how, how to do things uh, that they need to keep going. Ultrasound machines, funding, what they need to stay open. That's what we try to help to provide so that they can minister to these women and say, you don't have to kill your baby. Yeah. You need a home. We have we have a room. You can bring your other kids if you need to. Do you need you, you need formula? You need a, a, a baby car seat? What is it that you need? You don't have to kill your baby. We will help you. There's a whole network and it's all private. It's all donations by really good, generous people. All they want to do is help. And yet we're called out, we're firebombed. I mean, I'm speaking, you know, in the larger yeah. context of, of United States. I mean, what, 49 or 50 uh, pro-life clinics have been either graffitied or firebombed or, you know, in some way desecrated, you know, and, and well, terrorized. In Buffalo, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're one of the spots. I do a radio show in Western New York, and uh, they're mm-hmm. good friends with the station. And uh, I, I can't even tell you what, on the air, what he's been saying, but it, it's horrible. Hochul came right after, Governor Hochul came right after them, after they were yeah. firebombed. And, and yeah. so, you know, this is interesting, because before you started talking about the pro-life, because when people hear pro-life clinic, you know, I, I don't think they're really truly grasping what this is. But no. w- what we're talking about here is we're talking about education, education on what what the baby is, what what being a parent is about, training on how to be a parent, how to survive, how to how to get an income, where to get formula, yes. food, and health care, and, and how to make it and survive in life. And, and you know what? This is what these people truly need. Instead of being told by you know their 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 fifteen year old friend or their their sister or their cousin who's had ten abortions or their mother or whoever it might be, they they need to be going and seeking the proper education. You know. They should make this very, very similar to gun laws, to where if you want to go have an abortion in a pro-abortion state, then you have to be on a 48-hour wait list. You have to have an FBI background check. You have to have 48 hours of in-house education pertaining to what's going to happen to you. Right? I mean, this is what we're talking about here. Joshua, you have just made a brilliant analogy because, you know, in half the states, about 26 or 27 of the, you know, pro-life state, they basically essentially put an abortion ban, kind of like a gun ban, right? <laughs> because what that's exactly what they've said is, look, and, and there is no, look, that's the other thing that we've got to get to about this, about Dobbs. First of all, Dobbs said abortion, there is no right to an abortion in our federal constitution. Therefore, the issue goes to the states. Yeah. It didn't outlaw abortion. No. It just said, uh, we got to stay in our lane and abortion's not in our lane and we can't legislate on it. You guys have to go to the states and that's where it's going to go. So n- nothing has been outlawed. It just goes to the states. And there's some states like California that I'm in. They are they are doing abortion on demand 24-7 up to delivery and beyond. I can tell you about that later. That's a whole bill that they're doing, an infanticide bill. But that's all that Dobbs said is it kicked it to the states. So now you have states like Texas that says, you know, it's six weeks, six to eight weeks when when you can detect a heartbeat, we're going to say, well, you can't have an abortion unless, unless, and, and I, abortion is the wrong word. As you know, 
it should be, we should be, if we're talking about healthcare, we should be talking about delivery of the mother. If you need to prematurely deliver a mother because she is in danger of losing her life yeah. over maybe an ectopic pregnancy, that's where the pregnancy attaches, the little baby attaches way up in the fallopian tubes and they're going to blow up and rupture, right? So that's one, it's very rare, but it happens, okay? Or maybe there's a genetic anomaly where at, you know, 16 weeks, this baby has no amniotic fluid and it's going to die and probably take the mother with her, right? Okay, so there are situations, but nowhere that I am aware of, and if, if you know of one, please tell me, but in none of these states, so we're talking about Louisiana or Texas or uh, any of the other ones. Does it say the mother has to die? It ju that's just a lie. What it says is, all right, after this certain point, like 15 weeks along with uh, Mississippi or eight, six to eight weeks in Texas, right? You have to go to a doctor. And if, if a doctor or maybe it's two doctors get a second opinion, whatever that law says in the state, you, the woman is examined. Let's say she's got very high preeclampsia, which is uh, blood pressure just goes to the roof. Whatever it is, the, the doctor examines her and says, yeah, this this is one of those cases. Uh, she, we have to do something. We have to we have to deliver her. In that case, an abortion, and I don't even like using the word because an abortion again is the intentional killing of a human baby. How come we can't be talking about delivery, premature delivery, to save the mm -hmm. life of the mother? That's what we should be talking about. But every state that I'm aware of has those provisions in it. What we're trying to stop in all of these different states is the use of abortion as after the fact contraception. And that's what's going on 24 seven. It's after the fact we are not talking about something that's safe, legal and rare in these rare situations. No, that's not what's happening. This is birth control that we're using just to justify because, well, I just don't feel like I'm ready to have a baby right now. And I, I shouldn't be mocking the mothers. Most of them, most of them, God bless them. This is another 2014 gut mocker study that came out. This was uh, in women who are under the poverty line. And 75% of them that had chosen that had chosen abortion, 75% of those that chose abortion said that they chose abortion because they didn't feel like they had a choice. Wow. I mean, I mean. So the problem here is not. Okay? The problem is education. Yeah. Well, education and funding for crying out loud. Look in my state in, in California, the People's Republic of California. Um, resident Biden has sent his blue state bailout money all around to pay off. I'm sorry to reward. No, that's not, you know what I mean? You know, the thing. Anyway, he sent the money around blue state bailout money to all of these states, right? Do you know what our, our state surplus is in California right now? Uh, it's 1. close 2 to tr trillion? One, $100 billion. $100 billion. Okay. okay. That's what, that's the last figure that I said, $100 billion. How about just give me one billion, just one, that's 1%, right, for people who can't do math, and we could fund maternity homes up and down the state. We could fund these pro-life clinics and pro-life resource centers that educate and say, look, if you if you can't get a job, maybe you don't have your driver's license squared away, if you don't have your educational credits, whatever it is you need that is, is standing in your way, we will help you. So the state has plenty of money to help these women. But yet, as of 2014, this study, 75% of them are desperate and they are choosing to kill their children because they're probably facing some choice between rent and baby formula, something like that. And that, that is just a travesty and we should be ashamed as a nation. But instead of, of serving them, of helping them, of educating them and bringing them in and, and, and hugging them and loving them and telling it it's going to be okay, we will walk you through this we will be there step by step if you, if you don't want to keep the baby there's adoption let's clean up our adoption 
procedures as well, right? I, I'm sure a billion dollars would go a long way in California for that, right? But but instead, we are doubling down on death here in California. We are uh, They've got one bill, which is uh, AB 1918, which is an abortion scholarship bill. And they will fund your scholarship to the tune of $40 million to make sure that they're educating more and more uh, abortionists in our state because we don't have enough wow. access to abortion here in California. They're not funding anything for childbirth. There's no there's no bill that says let's make sure that that the the, the cost of covering childbirth is so expensive. Just ask all those woke um, companies like Zillow and Amazon and I don't know Dick's Sporting Goods. They're all promising to pay to, to ship their women to one of these pro-abortion states to get it all taken care of. Well, I wonder. Now, how does that work out? You don't have to pay any of that, you know, off leave or federal employment, any of that kind of, you don't have to save the the, the the job for this woman. You can just send her out for her little abortion tourism out here and get her all cleaned up and back. That probably saves a heck of a lot of corporate money, if you ask me. So this is all about the money. And what these abortion cartels are doing is they are pushing women. They're selling abortion as the only solution. And it's working on these poor, desperate women. Yeah. The ones at the bottom, they're not the ones that are, of, you know, with privilege and, and wealth. These are minority women in poor situations. That's how you know that, because that's where Planned Parenthood puts their clinics. And who founded that? Margaret Sanger. Do you know that old lady? I, I do. And a, I've watched the interviews. Oh, yeah. She is. She was a very proud white supremacist. She did not like the Catholics or the the Browns or the Blacks, and so she invented the Negro Project, and she wanted to push contraception and abortion on all of those people that she didn't like. I like to do her in a German accent just to bring the point home. She wasn't German. She was just a, a regular old white supremacist. And she's the one that founded Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood to this day has all of their clinics, well, not all, but most of their clinics in high density, minority, poor areas. That's their clientele. They are targeting these children of color for extermination, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves. There you go. And you nailed it, because I think there's there's one startling statistic out there. And if you look at all the minority-based abortions since 1964 to present, I, it totals over 100 million, doesn't it? I, it it's, it's an astronomical number. And The trouble is, California doesn't, they keep a lot of their data, you know, it's keep it safe, keep it secret. Right. It's like the Lord of the Rings. Right. They keep everything secret in California. They don't want their information getting out. So it's very, very hard to know exactly how many abortions that they are being done in right. some of these states. But we do know that there are at least 63 million that have been killed since uh, Roe versus Wade. Right. And we also know some statistics in California. But the, and the other thing that we know is that there is a, a disparate racial impact right. that many more um, many more abortions are performed on women of color than are on on white women right. and there's just it's just a bigger well, ratio of location kind of go, well, why is that right why right but it's it, it maybe it's a combination of many different things it could be uh privilege it could be where they live but they also are not being marketed well it's to, so, it's socioeconomic yeah. as with a lot of things that deal with um, the problems we find in high population areas is it becomes socioeconomic. And it, yep. this has been shown time and time again that, you know, the they'll talk about the impoverished neighborhood in the middle of a city and they'll say, oh, this is the white man's problem on the black man. But the white family living right next to them is just as poor and in just the same conditions. And it comes about in the sense of 
you know, like the Walmart company. If you remember during the 1980s and the 1990s, what the Walmart company did to small town America, they would go into small town America. They would they would open up this big distribution center, Walmart store, and they would lower the prices artificially and take a loss for five years just to put the smaller mom and pop businesses out of business and then when those shops closed down they'd buy up that real estate they would take in their employees pay them half the amount of money and jack up their prices by two times and they did that for two decades impoverishing small time America really killing small town America it's what they did to Detroit this is what they're doing right now the oil and gas and I mean we say wow. they but this you can look at this from a socioeconomic perspective and you can begin to see why they put in place these various different mechanisms. In the 1960s, when the 1964 Civil Rights Act came about, this wasn't about helping out you know, the, the blacks or minorities or African Americans or any human being. This was about producing a system. Right, a system to go out there and, and really control the the the. I want to see the ideological perspective of people, but really go out there and control the socioeconomic principles of people. This is where the ghettos were created. This is where we, we got rid of, you know, in 1958, one of the highest skilled paid workers in the United States were the black male. Did you know that? Because I did at, not. Yeah, it was the black male and they were living in rural communities. And now in 1968, that one decade that all turned around. That started to massively decline. And the reason that was is because you had a lot of racist white people that were in positions of power and they utilized their power to put those people into poverty, to put them into these places where they knew they could control them on the social economic basis and the cultural basis. Control. Control. And that's what, that's what this is. Abortion is a form of population control. And they are selling it. I, and, and all I look back is I look back at Margaret Sanger's dream. And mm -hmm. that is what Planned Parenthood is living out. And they sell it, actually. They, they actually sell it as though it's a, a special benefit or a, a kindness to women of color. That, that's, that's the sick thing to me, well, that, that, that they say that, that women of color need this to, to you know, agreed. to... It's just, it's just sick to me, and I, I see, uh, to me, it's it's racism. But if I call that out, guess what? And I, I, I've done racist, that. Yeah. I will send you a clip. I will send you a clip when I did that uh, last week, about uh, eight days ago or so, in the California State uh, Committee hearing that was uh, the Assembly Committee on Health. I actually called out a senator who was advancing a bill that's going to flood the Los Angeles County with special money to dedicate, um, they're, they're like grants that, well, they're not like, they are grants. They're grants to uh, 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 clinics, medical clinics, but you have to perform abortions. So a pro-life clinic that chooses not to, it's fully licensed, it's a medical clinic, right? Yeah. And it offers different services like STI testing, um, pregnancy testing, ultrasound, all that. It's just, they, they say, well, we don't, we don't perform abortions here, but we'll give you all of our services for free and we'll try to speak to you. We'll try to minister to you and try to explain to you why maybe there are other options. You shouldn't kill your baby. But for because they will not perform abortions, they are ineligible for these massive grants. And this is uh, a, uh, SB 1245. Wow. And I called her out on it because I called out the disparate impact, the disparate racial impact on this bill. And her head exploded. And she basically tried to call me a racist. She said something along the lines that Margaret Sanger really really wasn't targeting uh blacks and browns and you know people of color she was actually targeting um 
like Russians and Lithuanians mm. and basically Slavics and and like the riffraff of the white community, something like that. And I just said, I had to sit there and be very quiet because when you're allowed to come and give your testimony, there are very strict rules. You get two minutes to talk. That's it. You can't say anything else. Otherwise, they will politely escort you. So I had to, have, had to sit there and she got to go on and on lecturing me about Margaret Sanger and how Margaret Sanger really wasn't a racist and that Margaret Sanger was actually trying to uh, kind of go after uh, whites, which I'm sorry, I don't care if you're going after whites or blacks. It's racism. Sorry. But anyway, I had to listen to that because I challenged her on her on the disparate impact of her bill. All she wants to do is fund pro-abortion clinics in Los Angeles County to improve abortion access. As if we don't have enough of that already in California. We got plenty. Right. But that is that is part of their agenda. That's part of the um, I don't know if you, you all have heard about this, but this is the future of abortion uh, recommendations. It's a whole cabal. It's the abortion cartel all got together at the end of December 2021. They kind of had a confab there with uh, Governor Newsom and said, here are our recommendations for going forward in, you know, because they were anticipating that Dobbs was going to be coming out. So they started putting it together right back then, December 2021, and they came out, I think it's right around January, they published their future of abortion report, like that's a good thing, right? And they had a specific agenda for all of the legislation, and they are absolutely marching it on through, right through the, the, the state capitol. And the Right to Life League has been fighting it every step of the way. There must be 20 bills or more. I'm not even kidding you. It is like drinking from a fire hose. That's what's going on. And we're up there, and we're mostly it. We are the only exclusively pro-life organization that's actually opposing each and every one of these bills because you know what? We cannot bear that that one of these bills is going to just face no opposition, that there won't be one person standing there saying, you can't do this. This is promoting abortion and it's wrong. At least somebody should be standing there. So if it's just me or if it's just the executive director of our league, who's, who is Teresa Brennan, she's also a lawyer. She goes up there to Sacramento sometimes too. We are the only ones. We are... We're it. We're boots on the ground fighting against this legislation because it, it, there no pro-abortion legislation should pass in any state without someone standing there and defending the unborn. I, I 100 percent agree. Um, and, and it's sad because, you know, if we look at his historically, right, if we go back to the late 19th century, early 20th century in this country, we had eugenics courts. These were where yes. the old family courts actually derived from. And these were targeted directly towards minority people who were right. immigrating into the United States that they would deem, you know, dumb, moronic or unfit. idiotic, unfit, unfit. to breed. Right. And they would castrate them. This happened all the way up until the 1940s, people. I hope they understand that. This happened... After World War II ended, they're like, oh, maybe we might want to hide this. And the Rockefeller Foundation came in and started funding things like Planned Parenthood. And um, they, they created the, 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 what is the, the Wechsler Report uh, that created modern-day health care, the modern-day medical system. And inside of that, they put in the whole, um, the whole chemical agenda where biopharma came out of. And this is where it was all born from. But if we look at it, this has been the systematic killing of human beings for a very very long time and you know abortion is a large part of it and we're talking you know at least 63 million babies have been murdered since Roe vs. Wade right yes. and that number is probably it's probably much astronomically larger. higher yeah. right it is yeah and that and that and that's why you know and also it, look 
if this were really about true health care, why are they screaming bloody murder about this? Right. What what they have, a, they have a financial agenda, because, as you know, with the future of abortion report, they literally saw that, OK, we're, we're going to lose, you know, 26, 27 states. That means. Oh, and by the way, so as the last that I heard, 49 clinic. No, I think it's 50 uh, abortion clinics nationwide have already closed. Yes, that's good. Like they're they're out. And I think the last uh, the, the last abortion clinic in Mississippi just closed. So those are good things. But they saw that. And what they're doing, what this is, is just a business model. This is all this is, is yeah. all right. How do we kind of marshal our forces in, in, in another state and get the taxpayers to fund it? In, in what scenario do we fund a private organization like this? And, and what are they producing? What is their product? At least Walmart was making stuff that people wanted to buy, right? At, at least there's things on the shelf. What's in the the abortion cartel shelf? Nothing. They're just they're just doing abortions, and they will say, "Oh, it's only three percent of our business." Then why did you have to close fifty of your clinics if all of these clinics were only doing three percent of abortion? Mm -hmm. If most of what you are doing are mammograms and STIs, well, you should certainly be able to run a business on ninety-seven percent of whatever you're yeah, doing. Absolutely. I mean, so I I don't know what I don't know where where they're getting that three percent, but they you know they as Mark Twain said, there's lies. There's damned lies, and then there's statistics. So, uh, and if you've got if you've got to close fifty of your clinics because of three percent of your business, you've got a problem. But in any event, they know what they're doing. They're moving it out to California, and they're demanding that the California taxpayers pay for it with their abortion, the abortion vacay bill. I call it the abortion vacay bill. It's the abortion tourism bill, SB eleven forty two. And what that says is that the, that California is going to fund travel, lodging lost wages, insurance, um, it, 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 like even like Uber pickups, everything, including child care. Yes, you heard that right. Babysitting so that you can come to California with your kids so that you can kill their brother or sister and everything will be covered by ta California taxpayers. That's 1142. And it gets worse. Daddy will never find out. That's right. Daddy will never find <laughs> out. Uh, you're, and that, and uh, one of the questions I had is, okay, a well, couple of the questions is, well, how do we know when they're jumping on the website? Oh, it funds a big website that'll be, you know, one-stop shop. So you can go on website and say, I'm pregnant and I want to kill my baby, right? And so then you, you come over to California after your, your, your airplane is all paid. Well, here's the funny thing. What if you're not pregnant? What if it's fraud, right? Mm. So how do we eliminate that? How do we know for sure? Or how about there's some guy who's identifying as pregnant? I don't know. It could happen. And they get it. So who's going to be on the stick for that, right? So there's an element of fraud that, that could be uh, happening. You know, but even worse. A whole even bunch of men should just jump in and start going on that website yeah, and they identify and, and, and defund <laughs> them it, it, and real fast, wouldn't it? I don't think so. But but the other thing that's much more serious is, OK, so now you've got uh, the two more things. Like, what if you got a 16 year old from, I don't know, let's say Texas mm -hmm. and she's pregnant by uncle or whoever it was? Well, isn't she a minor? And she, isn't she being trafficked across state lines mm -hmm. yeah, for the purpose is. of killing a baby? I don't know enough of the law to say, well, is that human trafficking? Because you're talking about baby body parts and killing that baby and everything. Are you is that human trafficking? To, to entice that girl to come? That's one question I have. The second question that I had yeah. was, what happens if she gets there? And she got her feet up in the stirrups, and she says, I can't do this. 
I, I can't do this. I really, I, I, I changed my mind. Do you know what they're going to do? You, do you think the state of California, a, AKA Planned Parenthood is going to say, oh, that's okay, honey. We've got a return ticket for you and we'll take you back to the airport. No. Or do you think they're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, honey. You know, it's already cost us about $3,500 just to get you out here. And you're going to have to pay all of that because, you know, the, the California, you know, state taxpayers have only paid for you to have your abortion. That's called financial coercion. So is that what's going to happen when you get girl? I don't care if they're 16 or if they're 21 or if they're 26 or 36. It doesn't matter once they get out here. And if they change their mind, how is that going to work? That's called financial coercion. What do you do there? So this bill is another monstrosity that we're trying to get through. The good news is Governor Newsom, that sly devil, he I think he wants to run for president because uh, Biden can't. I mean, he can't even find a room. He's what? Should, what? I, where's my pudding? What? I need pudding. All right. And Kamala, she she is just nobody likes her, and she Tommy has Kamala. Her yeah, she her laugh is almost as bad as Hillary's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, right? So nobody's going to vote for her. They don't have a bench. So it's going to be Governor Newsom maybe running. And uh, here's something that happened very recently: is June 29th or 30th maybe 20, June 28th, AP report came out that reported that Governor Newsom, right, this is right after yeah. 1142, the abortion vacation bill, the abortion tourism bill had, had passed. He said, he came out and he said, well, we're not going to be paying for women to come to California. We will be, you know, helping them if they're already here, but we're not going to pay to get them here, which is exactly contrary to the bill. And Planned Parenthood's head exploded. Mm. So I think if there's enough pressure brought on Newsom against some of these just monstrous bills, he's trying to move to the center. He doesn't want the stench of abortion on him. He doesn't he doesn't want that. He wants to kind of move to the center to look less like the abortion sanctuary man that he is. So maybe, maybe if we put enough pressure on him for, for these bills, especially AB 2223, there's a chance he won't sign it. And now I'll tell you about AB 2223. That is the infanticide bill. And it, yeah, legit allows the killing of babies already born alive after a botched abortion. The language of this bill, first of all, it is a hot mess of a bill. It is very vague and it, it it's not defined. It doesn't define its terms. And so it, it's going to actually go before a judge at some point. And then we're going to have judges kind of interpreting the law, right? Instead of reading the law. That's what legislators are supposed to do. It's supposed to be very, very clear so that your fifth grader could read it and understand it. But this thing is a hot mess. What it essentially says is it changes the job of a coroner to say that uh, the coroners are not no longer required to investigate um, uh, stillbirths, miscarriages or abortions or perinatal death due mm. to causes that occur in utero. What's that mean? I don't know. It's not defined. And then it further on it goes down and it, and it says any mother, because we want to protect any mother from being prosecuted for her pregnancy loss because that's a really sad thing when you lose a pregnancy like stillbirth or miscarriage abortion i don't know how that's a sad thing since they're shouting their abortion but in any event right and including perinatal death due to causes that occur in utero again okay so what does perinatal mean well prenatal we kind of know prenatal is before birth Perinatal is afterbirth. Right. So this is the death of a baby after it's born due to causes that occur in utero. Like what, for instance? Mm, I don't know. Maybe like chemical abortion, a botched abortion, uh, a botched surgical abortion. And that happens, right? And so if the baby dies 
sometime after birth. How long? How long after birth could it die from a cause in utero? Well, perinatal, the perinatal period, is defined in California law as 28 days. That is just it. That's what the law says. So you're talking about a 28-day period where this baby is born alive and it dies. So long as a doctor can point to a cause that occurred in utero, boom, no one can investigate. First of all, no one can investigate the cause of death. A little bit like Nancy Pelosi. Well, we have to pass the bills so that you know what's in it. <laughs> right? Okay, that's what this is. We're not allowed to investigate the cause of death because if we investigate the cause of death, that violates the mother's right under this bill to her <sighs> privacy, to her pregnancy outcome. Right? And, and, and so we can't investigate the death. And it goes also, it includes anyone, anyone who aids or assists her in her chosen pregnancy outcome. So, you know, next door, Sally with the, with the coat hanger or the girlfriend who gives the mother her abortion pill that she, she got online telehealth and handed it to the mom. Well, you can just take my abortion pill, right? We can't investigate these people. We can't, they're not, and it doesn't say anything about who is aiding or assisting the mother. It doesn't talk about you have to be a doctor or a midwife or a nurse or, 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 or an abortionist or whatever. It's anyone who assists because this is a very big blanket, broad protection to protect any mother from any investigation of pregnancy loss because it's all privacy. So That's what this bill does. And if anybody does investigate the cause of death, right? If anybody starts bringing even the threat of an investigation, like maybe from a first responder or maybe a mandated reporter, right? Guess what happens? Then the mother or anyone who has assisted her has, bam, a cause of action, private cause of action in civil court for $25,000 plus attorney's fees. You know which what's going to happen? Are really happy. You know what's going to happen if this goes into law and into effect? Mm-hmm. There's going to be mistakes. They're going to choose the wrong baby. They're going to go in and <laughs> pick the wrong baby up. Oh, serious? Oh, this will happen. Yo, come on. Everything will happen here. Not no, only is, that, as a mother will come back and say, "I never said that." All, all, the, all they have to have is the mother's consent. That's mm-hmm. it. The mother's consent. Uh, the you know, here's the mother's inter- consenting to whatever's going on to the pre- the perinatal death, the death of the baby, yeah. due to causes that occur in utero. I mean, I'm sorry, conception starts in utero too. That's so right. do all genetics. So a Down's baby, right? The Down's baby. Leave it on the table. It just dies from downs. I don't know. What happens when it comes out female and she wanted a male? I know. Exactly. It's how far can they stretch this? So, and that's. And the mother's under the influence of drugs most of the time at the point in birth, which brings this other aspect into it. Well, that, and that is why Planned Parenthood brought this bill and handed it to Buffy Wicks. I call it Buffy's baby slayer bill because Buffy Wicks is not a lawyer. She didn't write this. She just was handed this from Planned Parenthood and ACLU. And marched in and just dropped it on the desk and started pushing this bill. She's already admitted it. I have footage of her. She she doesn't know what's in the bill. And even when pressed by a senator, the, she said, well, I, I'll refer you to uh, uh, Ruth. Ruth is the Planned Parenthood lawyer. And then the Senator Melendez came back and said, but it's your bill. You're the legislator. This is your bill. Don't you know what's in it? Kind of a thing. So she doesn't know what's in it. She just wants to protect women from prosecution for pregnancy loss in these tragic situations. There were two that were named. There was one woman who was high on meth, delivered a baby. Uh, I don't even know if it was her 10th baby or not. I don't know, but but meth and the baby died. And so a, a prosecutor brought a suit for her again for murder. 
Okay. Another, the other situation they pointed to, I believe this woman uh, was under the influence of alcohol and crashed her car. She's eight and a half months pregnant. The baby died and they tried to prosecute her as well. And so for those two cases, for a rogue prosecution or for whatever was going on, maybe we're putting blinders on our eyes. We, we don't really want to prosecute um, women who are having multiple abortions or multiple you know, live births where the baby is, is you know, hooked on meth. We're not prosecuting that, I guess. But for those things, that's what's justified this massive bill to make sure that no woman is investigated, that she's completely protected for her choice of pregnancy outcome. I believe what this is, I think the agenda of this is to make, legitimize the chemical abortion process, which is the pill, the, the, the abortion pill that starves the baby. Sometimes the baby is born alive, even, even though it shouldn't be, right? It's supposed to have died in utero, right? Yeah. But it is born alive. And this will allow the, the doctor or anybody there said, well, it, you know, it died due to causes that occurred in utero, meaning the, the, me the medicine that she took. Right. So that's what I think this is. This is huge. It's as broad as a Texas barn. It is not defined. And we're going to have litigation over this thing. But in the meantime, what it does, practically speaking, is be for, for about up to 28 days. No police officer, no, no, uh, you know, uh, first responder. They're not going to investigate a baby that's dead when they come on the scene. They'll just, I, I you know, I might get sued. I, I don't know about this because there's no coroner duty to get into it anywhere. So long as there's somebody that says, well, it was a cause that occurred in utero. I can take a baseball bat to my stomach, hit myself hard enough. This actually happened to yeah. one woman beat herself so bad that she, you know, caused a spontaneous delivery and the baby was born alive and then died several hours later. That would be covered under this bill, That's right? Disgusting. How about, how about, I mean, how about, you know, if she consents, so long as the woman consents, she can go over to her, uh, her, her boyfriend and just say, just beat me up real bad so that, and it'll be okay. So long as she consents and he can't, because he's part of the, the second group, which is anyone who aids or assists. Wow. I know that sounds a little bit theoretical. I get it. I understand. But the problem is we don't have any oversight on any of this on any of it. it it uses sweeping language call at the very beginning of the bill that says of the section that says notwithstanding any other law those yeah. are those are legal fighting words just so you know notwithstanding any other law means this controls and that other laws that that might be in conflict with this need to step aside like for instance the california born alive protection act so there's going to be a conflict there I don't know how it's right. going to work out. I don't know what the courts are going to say, but this is a hot mess of a bill, and that's just one of them. So I've mentioned that's AB 2223, Buffy's Baby Slayer Bill, the Infanticide Bill, 1142, 1245. Take your pick. That's what's going out here in California. And just so you know, the Right to Life League is the only organization that I'm aware of that is opposing every one of them. And that's what we do. And we don't even have any merch. We don't even have a coffee cup to sell you. But that it's all from private donations, private people who just say, I want to make sure that my money is going to fight abortion and help pro-life clinics, pro-life centers, and pro-life maternity homes. And if you want to find a place like that, you go to righttolifeleague.org or .com, but righttolifeleague, all spelled out, .com, .org. And hit a donate button because we're trying to we are trying to expand our programs to cover all of the states so that we can help these places stay open and that we can continue to fight against this the, the abortion cartel in California. You know, uh, our founding fathers, I don't think they envisioned these types of legal cases or maybe they did. But what they did with the 10th Amendment was kind of ingenious because we have various separations of powers 
And one of them is primarily the 10th Amendment. This basically defers everything towards the states and the people. And, and <laughs> this is one of the aspects of the 10th Amendment that I don't think people see, is that the, the founding fathers wanted a competitive nature amongst the states, where if one state became tyrannical or oppressive within their laws, the people could move away from that state, therefore defunding that state and move into another state that has more freedom of which that state that made the ty- tyrannical laws goes, oh no, we better do something. We're losing all our people, we're losing all our tax dollars. We have no more tariffs or business coming in. And so they relinquish themselves of the tyranny and oppression. This is the 10th Amendment. And so what we have here right now with abortion decisions going back to the states is this competitive nature that the founding fathers had in mind. Similarly enough, Texas, what you were just talking about there is a 16-year-old woman. And I, I got this in my head. The 16-year-old woman leaving Texas and going to California. Let's say that she has her parents' consent, so there's no trafficking involved. Got her parents' consent. What if What's going to happen to that girl when Texas comes about and says, oh, by the way, if you leave this state and you go get an abortion in another state and that state pays for it, you will be arrested for murder when you come back here. Don't know if they can do that because, but but one of the fights that is going on is the full faith and credit clause. Okay. Right now, California has two different bills. Other, these are more more technical bills, but they're still bad. AB sixteen sixty six and AB twenty ninety one. AB sixteen sixty six says we are not going to recognize any judgment in any state if it basically has to do with abortion. So. For instance, I know I see what you're thinking. In Texas, you have to get a, a judgment. Now, in Texas, the heartbeat bill, they can go after somebody who is performing an abortion, right? They mm-hmm. can criminally, you know, prosecute them a private cause of action, all right, and get money damages. But that takes a while. You have to go all the way up, and you have to have a full final judgment. You can't have something in it says as long as it's appealed up, you don't get to do anything until it is a final judgment. But then you have your judgment. Just like if uh, you sued a business, any other business, and said, well, now they owe me money because they defrauded me, they sold me a bad car, whatever it is, I now have a a judgment that says they owe me $20,000, all right? Mm -hmm. The full faith and credit clause recognizes those judicial decisions in every other state. So that means when the uh, fly-by-night car salesman leaves and goes to California, you, the judgment will follow them. And you, you enter that judgment from Texas. You go in, there's a procedure in California to enter that judgment in California so that then you can execute on the judgment in California. Well, California, that's why they're bringing this AB 1666. They're going to say, we're not going to recognize those judgments. Mm. No, that's a violation of the Constitution. Yeah. It, it, think about it this way. Gay marriage, right? Remember? Okay. Well, guess what? California recognizes gay marriage, and that means if I get married and and me and my girlfriend get married and I travel to Texas or Ohio or pick another state that maybe doesn't like, uh, you know, gay marriage, too bad for them. They have to recognize it because that's a legal binding contract. That's that's in California. Right. So here's California who who, who champions, you know, gay rights and to protect those rights with a with a, a statute, with a with a judgment, a contract in California. Right. And yet they're not going to recognize the same type of judicial ruling, a final judicial ruling with AB 1666, because it has to do with abortion. Same thing for 2091. That concerns subpoenas. So if I wanted to get your records, like you're the car salesman and you fly in and you sell me a bad lemon car and you go to California, I can track you down. And if I if I have 
the if I have the documents in, in Texas and I filed them all, I can then get a subpoena for your records out in California, right? Because you got a car dealership everywhere and I want to find out, you know, maybe get a class action, whatever. They have that. That's what 2091 does. It says we are not going to recognize any of these court orders. You can't do that because it's called the full faith and credit. It's in it's Article 4. I mean, it's just yeah. you can't do it. So those are both going to be challenged and they're going to both lose. But it doesn't matter because this is how they're virtue signaling out in California. They're just going to say, we're just not going to recognize your laws as legitimate. So there, man, that's it. This is a it's the equivalent of a, a legislative temper tantrum. That is exactly what's going on out here in California. It, it you can't is. do it. But it's going to cost us a whole lot of money to litigate it. Taxpayers, I mean. But but in my 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 extremism there, what I was trying to point towards was that I believe that we'll start to see conservative states primarily produce legislation to counteract people from leaving their states to seek abortions in pro-abortion states. I know states. I think is it South Dakota? The governor of South Dakota has just attempted to ban like um, the abortion pill being shipped into the state. Right. That's going to be an, an interesting thing to see how that goes or, and or i know no minors can travel through the state on the way to get an abortion to another state i mean you can have these types of laws and come out it, it's going to be interesting if you are it's on texas state health care if you're a minor and you're in the texas state health care system and you go to california to get an abortion and come back what are going to be the repercussions they can control those types of things and maybe so, they can yeah. they just refuse to pay i don't know but you know you, you do you have freedom to travel so right. if they go the the, the interesting Tell that to the police. Be, well, <laughs> when the interesting thing would be, uh, you know, basically human traffickers who right. have uh, girls as kind of sex slaves and they just travel with them and take them to uh, abortion friendly places right. to get, the, you know, abortions. That's the scary thing to me because there is human trafficking going on. And so some of these girls are kidnapped, maybe, and they're just being used. Right. And all you have to do is get them into other states. That would be the exact type of scenario where you would want Texas or Mississippi or someone else to go and to protect those girls. And yet here we've got California and the abortion cartel just saying, well, no, she ha she has the right to her abortion. Well, what if that abortion right? cartel she... was heavily invested in human trafficking? Well, you know, you kind of wonder, kind of wonder. Well, they, they were invested in very deeply into racism, according to Margaret Sanger. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't put it past them. But those are all good questions to be asking about a lot of these bills is what is going to be the practical effect of these things. So we're, the good thing, as you said, this each of the states is its own political laboratory, right. just as the 10th Amendment had envisioned. And we all get to vote with our feet. And we can all leave. And I think California is losing businesses left and right. I just saw an Epic Times piece about that. That, that I mean, and Caterpillar's leaving out of Illinois. So there, there, there are big companies that are just voting to go. Ah, we're out. We're going to go yeah. to red, redder states where uh, business taxes are a little bit lower, and people are leaving too because they don't have jobs and things. Maybe, maybe people will also leave because of the abortion legislation. Because I don't want my money going for abortion. Right. How do I limit that? You know, I mean, I guess I could take my tax dollars by leaving the state and going and buying a property in another state that's more, you know, more friendly to life. So we're going to start seeing how that happens. Oh, my God, Susan, what is going on in this world? It's crazy. It's it just is. crazy. It is. We're, we're, we're witnessing the, the, the implosion of a great evil, which is abortion.
That's what we're witnessing. It is collapsing upon themselves. The truth is coming about what, uh, out what abortion truly is. Again, it's the murder of a human being in utero. That's the entire purpose of it. It is not health care. If we were talking about health care, we would be talking about delivery, whether it's miscarriage, mm -hmm. stillbirth, live birth, or just treat that baby humanely, deliver it at 16 weeks, give it a chance at life, because someday viability might move because we have the science. Science is on our side, truth is on our side, and we are on the side of God. So guess what? We are going to be winning this. Dobbs was a huge victory. It was wonderful. It was 49 years in the making. There are so many prayers and so many lawful citizens who worked so hard to have that come about. Nobody broke any laws, and yet we had the victory. Thanks again to President Donald Trump, who put right. three of those justices on the case. So yes, elections do matter. That's elections affect life in this country. And that those are all things that we can take away from that. And you know what the other thing we can all do? We all stand up wherever we are. All we're, do is, all we're called to do is what we can do that day. And together with that kind of motivation, we can absolutely slay the abortion cartel beast. And again, if people want to find a place that they want to know, okay, is something going to be done for life in California? That's the Right to Life League. And all of our, all of our, our programs are designed, we give them to the clinics and the centers and the maternity homes for free. We don't charge them anything, anything well, because I, we want to help them and protect them. We want this money to go help these women and right. change their hearts and minds one mother at a time. Well, if you guys ever need security, you let us know. We got a lot of uh, veterans and patriots that need more than Well, to help thank you. We've gotten a few death threats and some crazy people yeah. calling us all kinds of names. I, I mean, you know, that's the way it is. We got we got they, groups of a whole bunch of groups I don't of yeah, well, we got a bunch of groups of patriotic special operators, former special operators, who'd be happy to help out. So you let me know on that. And uh, guys, you can find her at righttolifeleague.org or righttolifeleague.com. Please head on over there and help support Susan and everything that they're doing over there because this is definitely a battle. The war is not won yet. We still got more time to go on this, but it's looking really, really good for our side. And God does yes, win is. in the end. Susan, thank Let's you so much. Let's take it to the belly of the beast where California, that's, that's right. where it all started. And that's where it's going to end. If we stop it in California, it's done. It'll be a beautiful victory and we can do it in our lifetime. Absolutely. With help. Susan, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, much appreciated. We're going to have to have you back on here very, very shortly as well and get an update. Guys, we'll be right back in just a minute with the news and the events of the day. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. All right, we are back with Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. That was Susan Swift, and uh, what a fantastic guest. 
I absolutely loved that conversation. Well, no, I didn't love the conversation, but I had a great conversation with her. The conversation was not the type that you can love because there is a lot of uh, things that make you sick in that conversation. But I, I think it was a great conversation. I, I'd like talking to her. She's awesome. She's an incredibly knowledgeable person. I hope all of you guys are doing well out there. Uh, I think we got the battle of the streams going on. I have no Vince tonight, so I'm, I'm like checking my text messages to see if what's going on with the battle of the streams. Let's see if he was updating me. Um, we'll see. I think he'll send me a message here or something like that. Um, and I can't see D live chat here, so I apologize for that. But I had it all pulled up. If you see my screen go black, it's because I'm checking out D live or pilled. But uh, guys, listen. Much appreciated, all of you guys, and all the support that you do for us. Whether it's My Patriot Supply, you guys saw that commercial there, or Mike Lindell over at My Pillow, that's promo code RPP, or Kirk Elliott, Dr. Kirk Elliott, uh, getgoldtoday.com, um, or being part of the Battle of the Streams. We appreciate you so much. We're all the subscription members that we have on Social Red Pill and throughout. You guys are absolutely awesome. You guys keep this alive and you guys help us to do what we can do to get this information out there. Um, yesterday, we just saw this Hunter Biden leaks a alleged trove of hacked data reviews, reveals abuse, corruption, and debauchery. And so it is yet to be confirmed. Well, apparently this is legitimately his iPhone backup, but it seems to be a lot of the same information that was on the laptop. So we don't know if someone just backed up the laptop on an iPhone account, on an iCloud account, and then said, oh, I hacked the iCloud account. Look at all the laptop information. Um, There's a lot of who knows, who knows. But there's some disgusting things in there. There's some crazy things in there. Um, and this coming out now, I think, was good timing because it definitely puts a lot of pressure on uh, Pedo Joe there to uh, towards the midterm elections that are coming up. So we'll see how that kind of unravels. Um, you know, it's interesting. Today is 7-Eleven day, so it's get a free Slurpee at the 7-Eleven. I showed up and they ran out. But in California, two dead and three wounded at four California 7-Eleven stores as a shooter appeared to go around, rob, and kill people in 7-Elevens on 7-Eleven day. And so when we say false flag inbound, we're not lying. I mean, you guys need to be incredibly vigilant out there. Um, I really don't go anywhere these days unless I'm carrying a firearm, and that's through a concealed carry permit. Because, well, I don't trust people, and I want to live. <laughs> right? I don't trust people, and I want to live. So, oh my goodness. So, we have uh, this week, and you know, and here's the thing. Look what's happening every week. Is it me? Or is it like every week things are getting like crazier and crazier? Every week we're having like some type of boom. So another type of boom here, right? Like we have not had a dull week in two years. CNBC's David Faber predicts Elon Musk could go to jail for bailing on Twitter purchase. Um, Well, guess what, David Faber? 
I, I think you're incredibly wrong there. And, and let's just read what he has to say here. So David Faber shocked CM, uh, CNBC colleagues by suggesting Elon Musk could be jailed over the lawsuit he faces from his decision to back out of buying Twitter. Faber joined Jim Kramer and Carl Quintanilla as they led Squawk on the street Monday with the news that Musk is canceling his $44 billion deal to buy the social media platform. Musk has repeatedly expressed concerns that Twitter is being misleading about the number of bots and spam accounts on the platform. The billionaire Tesla CEO has not presented any evidence to support his claims, and some experts have speculated that they are merely the pretext for him to back out of the deal he now sees as overpriced. There was three independent analysis prior to uh, be Elon making that deal that showed potentially anywhere from 9 to 27% of all profiles on Twitter are bots, automated, or fake, or inactive. And so, yes, he does have legitimacy to back out of this deal because what Twitter actually filed with the SEC was highly inaccurate where they said that the inactive, the bot, and so spam accounts were less than 5%. And so in this filing happened just a month before Elon put um, his bid in, which the analysis was 12 months prior to that current date. So there's no way that Twitter can go out of this legally and say that they're going to sue Elon because they would have to present evidence is contrary to Elon's claims. And he knows that they can't do that, and they know they can't do that. So they're going to make as much hype about it. They're going to talk about insider trading and how he dumped stock or whatever, and it's not going to happen. Elon's going to walk scot-free from this. If you haven't noticed, gas prices are decreasing. Oh, good job, Joe Biden. U.S. oil futures end below $100 a barrel on recession fears. Oil prices prices tumbled Tuesday as part of the sell-off in commodities amid worries that the slowing global economy will dent demand for petroleum products. The U.S. oil futures benchmark, West Texas Intermediate for delivery in August, finished below $100 a barrel for the first time in around two months, falling 8.2% to $0.99.5 cents a barrel, or $99.50 a barrel. Brent oil futures for delivery in September September plunged 9.5% to $102.77 a barrel. The sell-off came on a difficult day for global equities as well, with fear over inflation and tightening monetary supply battering bowers in Europe. U.S. stocks all spent much of the day in the red, but the Nasdaq later pushed into the positive territory. Fears about the health of the world economy are circulating, and that is why we're seeing major declines in stocks, energies, and industrial metals. All right, guys. What does this all mean? It means buckle up, Nancy. Ronald's going bye-bye. Explosion rocks natural gas plant in Oklahoma. I saw this on TikTok, I think, right when it was happening. Dude's like, it's a nuclear explosion. Run, Nancy. Nancy, it's over. We're all going to die. <laughs> I think that was this one. But as you can see here, We have the uh, the fire and explosion later on at the uh, the oil refinery here at the natural gas refinery in Oklahoma. Another one to add to the list. Another one to add to the list. At what point in time does the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, the illegitimate Biden regime, or whoever it might be, stand up and say, huh, 
Maybe, maybe our country is under attack. Maybe, just maybe, someone is attacking our critical infrastructure. Very similar to what they talked about in Cyber Polygon with the World Economic Forum, the U.S. military, DHS was involved in that. You know, where cyber hackers take over IoT devices, utilize them to infiltrate a network, get in there, and readjust various different pressures or pneumatics or whatever it might be in various different rudimentary machinery, causing overloads, pressure uploads, so forth, and explosions. Why? This is what I learned about in school when I learned about cybersecurity. What we were protecting against, critical infrastructure. This is what we talked about in the military when we dealt with cybersecurity and critical infrastructure. This is how we would plan it. The way you, <coughs> excuse me, the way you deter a problem from happening is you become the criminal. Hey, if I want to know what my enemy's going to do, I might want to become the print criminal and think like the criminal. And what would I do? Like one of the largest data hacks that ever happened in the country was the Home Depot. And one of the hackers, what he did is he utilized a wireless thermostat that was on the wall that was connected to their networked Wi-Fi. And he got into their system and he ended up hacking into all of Home Depot and unleashing over, I think it was 10 million people's data from a on-the-wall thermostat. Do you think that they can't use an on-the-wall thermostat to hack into some oil company and overload a, a boiler or a pressure barrel? Absolutely they can. And so if something is hooked up to a computer which is regulating pressure, temperature, um, flow, whatever it might be, and that computer is networked, hackers can get it. And this is what's happening right now with food processing, manufacturing, distribution, and our oil industry. This is our critical infrastructure, and it's happening right now. And yeah, you know what? Gas came down, and that's great. But it's about to go back up. So you might want to stock up now. Let's, ta uh, let's take a, a look at what happens here. Montana Attorney General tells Biden to get his foot off the neck. Let's bring in of Austin oil production. He is the Attorney General of the state of Montana, and he joins me now. Thanks, Mr. Attorney General, uh, Montana is the 12th largest state in terms of oil output and the 20th in natural gas output. What do you need from President Biden to increase production of oil and nat gas? We need him to get his foot off the neck of industry. You know, he can talk about lease sales and he can talk about all these federal leases that are out there that are quote unquote available. But the fact is, Stuart, he has absolutely weaponized the federal government against oil and gas production here in the U.S. He just said Biden has weaponized the federal government against oil and natural gas production in the United States. We know that. Watch what they do to him. To be true, you can talk to anybody in the industry. There's so much uncertainty right now that there is no incentive to invest. Can, can These you be wells cost millions. Can, can, can you be specific? In what way has the federal government weaponized energy and the energy industry uh, against you in Montana? Sure, I can give you a couple of examples. Uh, we're talking about permitting. Let's talk about Nationwide Permit 12. The Army Corps of Engineers is talking about getting rid of Nationwide Permit 12. Let's talk about methane emissions. Anything in the Bakken, the Permian region, that requires flaring, 
there's there's some waste natural gas that's produced you now have to go through a large permitting process to get rid of that uh, let's talk about roads you're going to lease a well pad out in the middle of federal land you have to build a road ah that happens in television occasionally let's bring in ah that happens in television occasionally they cut him off he didn't lose his wi-fi they cut him off because they don't want people hearing this. This is Fox business. They don't want people hearing the truth. They don't want people hearing the news. And what's Costco doing? Costco is starting to limit gasoline sales in New Jersey as supply shortages worsens. Hmm. State, state law in New Jersey has long required that Costco allow anyone, including non-members, to purchase gasoline at its fuel stations. That is changing, however, due to supply chain, inflation, and shortage issues. As many of our new... Uh, as many of the readers know, gas is typically, but not always, cheaper at Costco than it is at other service stations. Because of this, residents in New Jersey without Costco membership have chosen to go ahead and, and get gas there instead of the local gas station. However, Costco implemented a new rule across the state. Customers without memberships will now need to get one first at the Costco Fuel Center before being allowed to fill up their tanks. And this is in violation of New Jersey law. And the reason is, is because, well... Gas is about to get pre. Ooh, I just went. I just went Casper on you guys. I just went Casper on y'all, because gas is about to get scarce. Gas is about to get crazy. You know, before we move on, um, I wanted to make this announcement. So I, I don't know if you guys remember, we had a guest on uh, a few months back. A good uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine that I've hung out with quite a few times. I've been on his show. He's been on my show. Uh, Justin from Cannabis of Combat, Cannabis and Combat. Um, if you guys have not heard the news, Justin passed away last night. So, um, you know, it's with heavy heart that I bring that news to you, especially if you knew him, if you talked to him, if you watched his show. Uh, Justin did pass away last night, uh, sometime in the morning. And so let's uh, let's just take that moment of silence for that friend, that patriot, for the one that uh, we lost here. Rest in peace, Justin. Uh, definitely never, not forget you, man. You're, you're one hell of a human being right there. All right. And what else do we have going on here? The Yosemite fire grows as crews protect the iconic sequoias. And obviously, the media is not loading here. But what do we have? We have fires in California. We have fires in Wyoming, Montana. We have drought conditions throughout much of the southern states. We have 100 plus degree weather all throughout the United States. What the hell is going on here? Sorry, that was in California, Yosemite National Park. What the hell is going on here? Well, you know, what, you know what's going on here is they want you to eat bugs. You will eat bugs, the powerful great tree sets, dystopian animation. You will eat bugs and you will like it. Let's, let's. You will own nothing. And you will be happy. This is the dystopian future. 
your weekly rental smart contract will automatically execute in 72 hours. Please ensure that your personal wallet is appropriately funded. Your scheduled Uber ride share will arrive in 10 minutes. Number 22177? New transfer? Yes. Good. Look up. So what do you think of your new work pod? Pretty nice, right? Yeah. It's a bit cramped though. Oof. That's bad speak. I'll let you sort it out. See you at the mandatory Shibuya roll call dance later today. Yikes. You have violated your employment smart contract. Replaying offending speech. It's a bit cramped though. This statement is in direct contradiction with the verified Snopes fact that open office 2.0 work pods are comfortably spacious, combining the safety of closed cubicles with the communal spirit of open office environments. You have been deducted 20 good boy tokens from your weekly income. Warning! Projected weekly income is insufficient to meet your weekly rental payment. Please ensure that your wallet is appropriately funded within the next 68 hours. Oh. Oh my god. I crumbed. A little comedic relief there. A little dystopian satire, if we may. Man, this uh, computer screen, there we go. Okay, there we are, all right. That was pretty good though, was it not? That, that was pretty damn good, so. Uh, and I wanna say thanks to RPG for the two ice creams, two lemons, Patriot of Pisces, two ice creams, one diamond, Black Jester, three ice creams, Poncelil ate one ice cream and nugget, donated a diamond. Um, I haven't seen anything else. This is what Vince sent me. We have, uh, hold on, hold on, I saw that one. Um, Lindsay1454 gifted a can. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, and I'm, okay, no more on there. And we're good there. Awesome, guys. Much appreciated on all of those. Um, and we got about a few more minutes left. Let's go into here. And we were talking about kind of what's happening in the world. And things are on fire. Weather is getting crazy. And if you notice that we have the 100 degree temperatures all over the place, you're about to see the supply chain get over or the infrastructure energy grid get overloaded to eventually where your ACs are going to shut off. (laughs) This is what they want. Oh, my goodness, man. 
one of the rumors came out, and this was on, I think it was Gateway Pundit or Epoch Times talked about it, um, that the Democrat October surprise is setting up for Donald Trump to be arrested in October. Haven't we heard this before? The first arrest, Red October. Pretty sure we've heard about this before from one of our friends. But think about this. Sri Lanka is in the process of being overthrown. EU farmers are revolting against the globalists. Russia is kicking ass against the globalists. China ain't putting up with their shit. Americans are waking up every day. Guys, you've probably never heard me say this. But I don't think we're losing. All right? I don't think we're losing. The study. Um, this, this next video, and we got to, we're not cutting it short tonight, but we are on Roku, so we got to get out early or on time tonight. Um, but I wanted to play this video for you because this is one of the most important videos that I saw, and I want everybody to listen to what this video has to say. Because this is the truth in the matter right here. That just came out of Sweden that is just so alarming. The news is buzzing out of uh, Lund University, Malmo, Sweden. Marcus Alden is the first author. The first demonstration in a human hepatic or liver cell line that the Pfizer vaccine, in fact, reverse transcribes and installs DNA into the human genome. Wow. And so in simple terms, what does that mean, Dr. Bartlett? <laughs> Thank you for making it simple. So basically, uh, there's an enzyme that can take that messenger RNA uh, um, vaccine information and put it into the DNA of the person, into their DNA. Mm. And we were told that could not happen. So this is in a lab, but it's showing really? that the D you remember the vaccine is messenger RNA. Yeah. And we were told that that messenger RNA could not go into your DNA, but this is showing that in, in a lab it can. And so what it happens when yeah. it does, Dr. Cole? Well, can I, can I answer slightly different than yeah. your question? Yeah. So the, one of the fun things about the last couple of years being a doctor and lawyer is this is a very interesting opportunity. And I think we're going to be bringing another lawsuit <laughs> because there's actually federal law that you cannot discriminate against people for genetic discrimi genetic discriminations. I forgot the acronym. I think it's GINA, G-I-N-A. GINA, right? So this now opens the door to saying that if you're not allowing somebody in who chose not to get the shot, that you're actually engaging in genetic discrimination. So I think there's oh, wow. this Sweden study, I think, opens the door to a new type of lawsuit. If you're pregnant and you have this done, can that then affect your baby? Yes, yeah, this is an alarming finding. The CDC says on its website very explicitly, this will not change your DNA. The paper that came out of Sweden, now there'll so be many more to confirm that. it, the and the steps are to A, confirm it, to confirm that the entire code is installed, and then to actually confirm that it's expressed, meaning that the spike protein now is continuously expressed from human cells. But because the lipid nanoparticles are taken up everywhere, that means somatic cells in your organs, but also your uh, gametocytes, actually the cells that actually are the sperm and the egg. So there you have it. Pure blood. That was, uh, if you guys, Justin from Cannabis and Combat, pure bloods. Is, uh, the unvaccinated sperm is worth more than you could ever imagine. It is the nowadays gold. Because those that are vaccinated, it changes your DNA quite literally. They told us we were conspiracy theorists when we talked about it. Oh, you're wrong. You don't know anything about science. You're not a biologist. Dude, it changes your DNA. No, it doesn't. mRNA is based off of CRISPR technology. It changes your fucking DNA. No, it doesn't. 
Well, maybe it does. It does. And so this is crazy to be hearing Dr. McCullough and Bartlett talk about this. Um, the vaccine has been shown in the lab in this Sweden study to change your DNA. Guys, this is crazy. But there is good news because we are winning this battle. We are winning this war. Things are progressing forward. And every day as we move towards the midterms, it seems like we're gaining more and more ground. That the globalists are backing off more and more. And so that's a good thing, I think, in a lot of different sense. But guys, it's good to be back. If you can tell, I got my energy back and I'm kind of getting back into the groove. Um, had a great conversation tonight with Susan Swift. Much appreciated for her coming on. Um, as for you guys, please don't forget to go on over to socialredpill.com. Sign up on over there. If you want to support us with a subscription, please do. Um, other than that, uh, you can check out our sponsors, mypillow.com, RPP is that code to save at 66%. Um, if you guys want to support us with cryptocurrency, uh, you can go to redpills.tv slash send crypto. If you want to support us on our Give, Send, Go campaign, you can go to redpills.tv slash go. Um, you can go to getgoldtoday.com to get that gold and silver, or you can go on to my Patriot Supply, which is redpills.tv slash Patriot. But much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys all take care. We're going to see you tomorrow night with another episode of the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.